Spags, we are down to just three football games left, but we got two good ones on tap this weekend. I mean, every single moment here with Pete is a cherished one, but now we got to really cherish them because the multi-game slates are going away. Our last two games are coming up on Sunday, the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, big slates on DraftKings and Underdog, even some pick'em contests. We're going to try to hit it all today. And of course, we're going to go game by game, talk about all the news. Will McCole Hardman play? We'll talk about that right after this very short intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Another edition of Splash Play here. Let's get right into it. And let's talk about the McCole Hardman thing, Pete, because I think this is probably the one news item that actually matters for the week. You might have some others, of course, as Pete compiles everything day to day, keeping you abreast of things in the Fantasy Life newsletter. McCole Hardman limited at practice yesterday. Uh, seems like he'll be closer to capable to going of going, but uh, we saw last week with CEH being back in practice, then he's not active on game day. Uh, what do you think happens with Hardman? Because I do think that matters a little bit for both Jarek McKinnon as well as Kadarius Tony. I do just love that, like, the biggest injury news of the century, the biggest news of this entire slate is clearly Patrick Mahomes' ankle, and you just go right to V. Cole Hardman. Let's, let's get right to the good Everybody stuff. Everybody knows Mahomes is okay. He's practicing full bore the line, moved three points. Like, I think we know Mahomes will be all right. Do you know what was weird about that, though? Like, the line movement stuff? So, it came out Wednesday that he practiced in full. And that was like, I thought that was like a bombshell relative to what I expected, which was him not practicing at all. And then maybe getting in like one limited practice, the line didn't move through Thursday morning, even after that news. And then it was just overnight that it finally swung back to chiefs minus one. So like the two point line move. So it almost took like two days of full practices and then people caught up. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. I did see it move because I, I did the stream yesterday talking about the DraftKings picks, uh, trying to cover that in like a short form way, talking about the same way we talked about showdown strategy throughout the year. And I saw that it moved to a minus one for the Chiefs. It was like, oh, it's interesting. It must be because of the ankle. Then today it's up to one and a half. I think on some books it's up to minus two. Um, it definitely feels like people are getting more faith, I guess, seeing multiple days of practice, but it could also just be the markets moving. Like, you know, for markets to move, it's not really, um, it has to be a lot of public bets or it has to be some sharp betters deciding to finally take the leap. So, Maybe a lot of the sharps were on the Bengals and didn't want to move their money would be my one guess. Yeah. And I, I do think like I'm now at the point where obviously we know Mahomes is playing. That's not even remotely a question. Uh, I think he's going to be able to make most of the throws he needs to. I do think when the pocket collapses, like he's not going to be able to do Houdini stuff, you know, his spin moves out of it, dodging tackles. Like I do really think he'll be limited in that capacity. And then you can ask yourself, how much is that worth to the line? And a lot of people that I've talked to and seen, you know, over at Unabated and Sharps and stuff are saying that if the Chiefs, if Mahomes was fully healthy, this line would be Chiefs minus three. So right now at minus one, minus one and a half, there's basically like a one and a half point, um, you know, element baked into this ankle injury, which sounds about right, uh, I think. I still like the Bengals uh, here, but it is interesting how much this has flip-flopped. And back to your original thing with Hardman, I do think it's notable because if their idea, you know, one, they've struggled, right, with just playmakers outside of Kelsey. And we saw Kadarius Tony get used a decent bit, but they've just never felt comfortable, like, fully taxing him with a heavy workload. It's always been on a smaller, you know, workload. And so I do think Hardman, they would love to kind of offset that, get Hardman involved, Tony near the line of scrimmage, let those guys make plays. And I, I think pound for pound throughout the whole season, Hardman has been, like, their most effective non-Kelsey weapon and so i do think it's a big a big thing to get him back yeah the red zone targets the end zone targets have been there for hardman all year that's why to me i do think it's one of those things where we've seen mckinnon start to get more work in the short game i think those were things that might have in the past gotten to hardman a little bit more uh, same thing for Darius tony with the design runs those short targets that he gets within the five yard line i feel like those are things that could have gone to uh, mccall hardman's way so if Hardman's out, I think those guys get a boost. If Hardman's in, I think you kind of have to chop those guys, let's say 10% uh, relative to what the projections are going to be. And I'm sure the projection systems will account for that as well. Uh, but definitely an interesting spot here if Hardman's in and certainly one to watch over the next 48 hours. Let's talk about the ride or die picks, though, real fast. We're going to make them. We're going to jump right into them here to try to waste no time, as we always do here on these shows now. And Pete, I have to give you credit. You did, in fact, win the divisional round here. Two 10-pointers hit. One 10-pointer for me. How do you feel, Pete? Pick up this meaningless win. <laughs> this win. Um, no, I mean, I think we said that the points in the divisional round were worth quadruple uh, all of the other weeks. So I feel really good about this. What did I hit? Uh, Joe Mixon outscoring Jamar Chase by four and a half points. That one had to have been close because Jamar Chase had a pretty nice line in that game. 
Yeah, Joe Mixon, uh, a nice play, a nice pivot points, Christian McCaffrey on the DFS slate. So certainly uh, one of those things where Mixon only has the one outlier game throughout the season. People don't play him then in the playoffs as a result. He comes up, so good call by you. The one that you, other one you got right was going to be Richie James, highest scoring Giants non-QB, which is, I would say, a fairly hot take, even though I did go with the hotter take with Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, that one, that one you kind of had to thread the needle because their offense did implode. Barkley didn't do much. And then my my thesis with that was just like, Every game, it's like one of Slayton, Hodgins, or James, uh, and not one of them really, you know, separating from, you know, a target share separation point. So I didn't mind the Retchy James call. What did you get? So I got right that the Eagles would, in fact, win by 17 and a half points. Wow. The, uh, the old 10-point move came in twice for me in the playoffs to hit with the Cowboys line against the Bucks, and then uh, the Eagles this week. So uh, I think that's one of those things in the playoffs, Pete, where not usually the case you can move lines that much, but this was a particular playoff year where some obvious mismatches. And that Eagles-Giants one was probably the ugliest mismatch, I think, through the entire playoffs so far. Yeah, that... uh you, we should start betting those when we do our 10-point swings on the line. I feel like our overall hit rate, like I do think if we had placed bets on all of ours, our ROI on those type of bets would have been pretty solid this year. Are you, are you legal now in MA? Like, do you guys have the betting officially? So it's it's big news because I believe we're about a, uh, a week out or maybe even in the next couple of days, you can do IRL betting so I can drive my ass down to the win encore and go to their kiosk and make a bet but the full mobile rollout is still I think a couple months away gotcha okay well good news Pete you'll be able to bet on barstool I saw they <laughs> finessed that oh, yeah, one dude. in which Saturdays uh, are for the boys nah Saturdays are for the betting spags can't wait Honestly, though, Barcel does have very soft lines. So you guys are going to find out with our Probably product, by the way. Go to probablyapp.com if you want to get in actually to get the product soon. Uh, we're coming out within the next two weeks. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but go check that out because uh, we do we or, or orchestrated a deal basically with sports data. We'll be getting all of our sports books uh, legally aligned and in there. So uh, all the things are looking good for that to get launched in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, also, uh, Willis noting in the chat that Nixon outscored Chase by 6.3. And it was, in fact, the 100 rushing yards bonus that put you over the top. So the galaxy braining of Pete here, you knew that that was going to happen and willis right there with you yeah that's one thing that you know people who don't read the fine print on ride or die need to know that these uh DraftKings bonuses will come into play here and uh that's definitely been a big part of my strategy all year and shout out to all the chat as well we got brandon saying morning lads we got donovan giving us a splash play emoji not the come emoji and starting early we always start early on fridays especially when the coffee pour hits just in time for ride or die picks to come up next oh Wait, wow that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's you you can't win with these guys, right? If you're late, they jump down your throat. If you're early, they're like, "Now I got to watch it on 4x speed to catch up." You just can never please these people, spags. Yeah, well, here if you show up at the encore for Willie, you'll please him if you're just going to go make in-person bets with your deposit <laughs> kingdom bounce. <laughs> All right, let's start it out here. We got ride or die picks. Kick it off the NFC game. How many bets do you want to do for these? How many ride or die picks do you want to do? Cuz I feel like Given that's a two-gamer, we could push to three. We could maybe do one for each team and one actual betting market one, perhaps? Yeah. Okay. You do yeah, that? I like that. I All like right. that. So um, we got oh, – yeah, you got anything? No, no, go ahead. So we got 22 implied points for San Francisco. Philadelphia, 24.5 implied points. We will pick one bet for the Niners, one bet for the Eagles, and one bet overall in the game. So, Pete, let's start with the Niners here first. I guess start wherever you want, but let's try like, – no, let, let's, let's keep starting. Start with the Niners. I'm going to put you in line. Start with the Niners. What's your pick? Okay, so I'm going to do first my my larger game pick, and I have bet the Eagles at minus two and a half, but I don't want just a one-pointer here. I don't even want a three-pointer. I want the Eagles continue to scorch the earth. I'm taking Eagles minus 12 and a half for a classic splash play, ride or die, 10-pointer. Wow. I wonder what the actual uh, EV on that would be, because you got to think that would be a nice... Nice payout for it. I don't know that I see that one personally, but I, that's a hot take. I know. I feel like you've been you've been more bullish on the Niners than I have throughout these playoffs. So it makes makes sense that you'd scoff at this. Uh, but I do really think the Brock Purdy meltdown game is here, and it's going to be glorious. I worry about that a lot. Like this is something I talked about yesterday a little bit. Where what if with Brock Purdy, what we've seen in this beginning part of his career was just the run good. So he's now gotten that entirely out of the way. And he's going to be this under 10 fantasy points guy the rest of his career. 
And it wouldn't be shocking. There's some nice athletic articles about there about how he knew all the play calling language and all that stuff because uh, he had a college coach. I forget who his coach was uh, at Iowa State, but basically had like all that vernacular in because his for- his coach is a former NFL coach. And that's what's helped him get there. That said, boy, he did not look great against the Cowboys. The Eagles defense probably relatively as good as the Cowboys, maybe a little bit better in some facets. So I worry about that. That said, I'm going to go against you, Pete. I will take the Niners win by seven and a half points. <laughs> wow, leveraging. Hang on, does that math add up? I think yeah, so, because okay. it's minus two yep. and a half. Yeah. So Niners minus seven and a half, your official pick. We're playing on the extremes here of uh, of this line. I love it. So with that in mind, I will actually go an interesting way for my ride or die pick. I will say that Eli Mitchell outscores Christian McCaffrey, and that's got to be a 10-pointer, I would think. Let me check. Let me let me see what kind of bullshit. For Stokastic's projection, it is a 10-point swing. Uh, 17.7 for McCaffrey on DK points. Uh, 6.7 yeah. for Eli Mitchell. I'm seeing it around 10. Yeah, I'll give it to you. That's a fun one. I mean, it definitely correlates with, like, if the Niners win by more than 7.5 points and they're, like, maintaining a lead, you're going to see a ton of Eli Mitchell. And the Eagles have been soft against the run. So I like uh, your, your correlation there makes sense. I think I need to correlate mine as well then because i do think the eagles are going to have lots of success through the air i need to do something with aj brown or devonta smith i see both of their projections very similar um seems like people are really coming around to devonta smith being like a co 1a or whatever 1b whatever you want to say so let me do something fun with aj brown i'm seeing his projection at 16.4 what does stochastic have it at uh, for AJ Brown, it's 14.99, so 15 flat. And then for Devonta, basically 14 flat. All right. Uh, give me AJ Brown over 25 DK points. Okay. Did you see the article too with him complaining that he wants the ball a little bit more? He's like, I'm not yeah. a diva, quote unquote, but I do want the ball. I thought it was funny too, because it like, I think it's more justified in Stefan Diggs's case, right? Where they lose and he's like not as involved as much. And like the other pass catchers aren't making plays. Like his frustration seems much more justified where AJ Brown, it's like, dude, you guys are boat racing the giants. Kenneth Gainwell is rushing for a hundred yards. They don't need to pepper you with targets in this game. Trust me, AJ, your day is coming. In fact, it's coming on Sunday, but maybe just relax. You guys won by like 30 points. It is a weird thing to see him complain there. And also TikTok nine to five, have to give him the credit. So your bet on the Eagles would be plus three, three, five on DK. And then the uh, Niners minus seven and a half would be plus three, one, nine. That's kind of interesting. So you're getting a little bit more value on the Eagles. Obviously they have to cover a larger margin there, but it feels like you should get more juice than the Niners, given that they're not currently projected to win. Right. That, that is interesting on, on there. I, I am going to go bet mine. I'm going to go bet and see if I can get my three thirty five. uh, on that because i do like that yeah i'm seeing eagles minus oh can i only get it up to minus eight and a half at plus 225 i'll have to poke around some more yeah it's, it's interesting alternate spreads i do think one of those things where that's you know again not to harp on the probably stuff too much but that's something where i think there is a lot of edge out there um obviously when you see one market having things at minus five and a half everybody else is at minus six and a half you know that's sort of the thing that you want to take that minus five and a half a lot but also just sometimes everybody's got minus five and a half and you take a minus 12 and a half like those can actually be statistically relevant and all that so we'll talk more about that as we get into the betting things i think moving forward uh but the philadelphia actually you owe me a bet from the san francisco side but i'll take yeah. one from philly first um I will say that, okay, if Dallas Goddard outscores A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, is that a 10-pointer? Both of them? Um, I feel like that's a very sharp one, but by the letter of the law, it's really close. Uh, Give me the outscores, both of them. I need like two points because his projection difference isn't that big enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Say if he outscores them by two. Okay, I accept that. Bye, too. All right. All right, so Dallas um, Goddard. Right. Go Dallas Goddard. Go. Chalk Dallas Goddard. Going to ruin the slate. Dude, like, th- this DFS slate is so uninteresting. You could, like, basically play everyone except Kelsey, and it's just it's kind of stupid. I-, I agree. I think there's some edge in just trying to limit the amount of Bengals, at least based on the what I was running yesterday on Fantasy Cruncher, where just people are going to play a lot of Bengals, and that's going to be how they try to get different. So that's my hope, but... I agree. Like there's going to be so many configurations of Goddard and Kittle or no Goddard, excuse me, Goddard and Kelsey, Goddard and Hurst, Kittle and nobody. Basically Kittle's not coming up at all, but the tight ends are going to be so prominent that I feel like it's going to be a weird slate. The edge is probably trying to jam Mahomes, Kelsey stuff, right? Because it's really expensive. Mahomes, I guess now Mahomes might not be, I still think Mahomes will come in under Burrow and Hurts, right? Because 
He's expensive and has the injury. So maybe if you're getting to Kelsey and Mahomes, maybe like onslaughting uh, the Chiefs will be kind of the way to get unique. Anyways, I'm on San Francisco now. Uh, my my thought is like every week you see a, a different hero pop up in the passing game. Two weeks ago it was Debo. Last week it was George Kittle. Feels like we are due for a Brandon Ayuk game. Um, what do you have as the projection spread difference on Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey at 17.7, Ayuk at 11.2, so 6.5 between them. Okay, so cab out uh, Brandon Ayuk outscores McCaffrey by three and a half. So we're just anti-McCaffrey this week. Is What's it for you? Because for me, it's the calf stuff. Like the fact that he wasn't out there down the stretch of that game against the Cowboys really worried me where they clearly needed him out there and they still had Eli Mitchell running first and second down. McCaffrey was out there kind of looking tender with his, his calf issues. I think the calf thing is like a problem. Like I'm worried about it because it's been a problem all season long. But for you, I guess, because you're fading McCaffrey a little bit with your projection, is it just that you think Ayuk's going to have an outlier day or is that you think McCaffrey's going to have a down day? Uh, I do think Ayuk is going to have a big day. But yeah, I, I think in general, McCaffrey's lines have kind of been inflated a bit. Just be, No one can ever question his ceiling, uh, especially because like he can catch a 30-yard touchdown pass like on any drive. Like That's certainly live. But Mitchell has been like a true thorn in his side as far as capping his carries. And then he does have to compete with lots of other good pass catchers for even those check down passes and like the way they've been using Brock Purdy, like Brock Purdy hasn't been a check down machine. It's not like he's terrified and just getting the ball out super quickly. Like he's letting the play develop and making the throws more in like the mid range stuff. So I just think McCaffrey's like floor isn't quite as good as it has been. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's some risk here. And, you know, the Eagles, too, a team that on the year have been not great against the run during portions, but that was because of injuries. Now they're certainly ramped up healthy as could be there. I think it's going to be a tough spot for McCaffrey. But uh, we all know they're going to get creative there and find some ways to get him the ball in space. So uh, your guess could be as good as ours. Next game up, we got Cincinnati, 23.3 implied points. Kansas City, 24.8 implied points. This line, as we talked about, has swung to uh, minus one and a half for the Chiefs. Uh, it's open at uh, plus one and a half for the Chiefs. So kind of interesting swing there. Uh, but Pete, set the table here. I guess if you want to take the first pick, you have any overarching thoughts, uh, go whichever way you want. Yeah, so I've been like very heavy on the Bengals, like for a couple of reasons. Like the main reason is I do think they are the better overall football team. Obviously, Mahomes fully healthy is better than Burrow. No one's arguing that. But I do think top to bottom, the Bengals are the most complete team. And they also just seem to have the Chiefs number, right? Like obviously their matchup splits against them. They basically have all the things that you need to combat a team like the Chiefs. You know, if they get a lead, they can maintain it with the running game. Their offensive line looked great last week. If they're playing from behind, they have the explosive weapons to get back in the game. I just think they're playing the best football of basically any team right now these past like eight or nine weeks. And I just think they're the better team. And so then you toss in some of the Mahomes not being 100%. And that was just like the cherry on top for me. So I have been a little concerned with the line movement swinging back in favor of the Chiefs, but I'm going to do similar to what I did with my Eagles conviction. The line now is Chiefs minus one and a half. So I will take Cincy minus eight and a half here as my 10 pointer. All right. Well, do we want to just run it back again here? <laughs> I take you're going the other way <laughs> i'm thinking about it because i agree with yeah. all your takes i do think cincinnati has been running really well uh, both literally running the ball well and also i think they're in a good spot against kansas city's defense it was really the weakest defense that we have left in the playoffs now that said i think the public steam for cincinnati is a little bit too much like i know we talked about tiktok a little bit and i mentioned it in passing a couple times this week but like joe burrow is now a meme we're like Girls are crushing on Joe Burrow. They're rooting for him because he's a hottie. Like, dude, that that Joe Burrow memes all the time. Dude, did you see that trend that they were all stitching with that guy where he's like, your girlfriend knows Joe Burrow's QBR rating. And then the girl's like 105.3. They know where he went to college, LSU. And they'd be like, this man must be stopped. And the girl's like, no, he will not. Like the, I, those, that format was very good. I enjoyed those. They're all these like gothic chicks that are into Joe Burrow too. Oh, I did, I did not know. I guess he kind of looks like a Twilight guy. Like, it was yeah. like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but point being, I think Joe Burrow is now public. Like, I think Joe Burrow is a public player. I think, too, the ankle injury stuff with Mahomes, like, that's the kind of thing that scares people away, which is why a little bit confusing about the market swing. Uh, but I think the Chiefs are undervalued. So I will, in fact, take 
Uh, Chiefs by 11 and a half, I guess. So Chiefs minus 11 and a half is, will be my prediction here. But I think it's mostly a reflection that, like Burrow, I bet in DFS, like Jalen Hurts should be the highest owned QB. I think it's going to be Burrow because he's going to have the DVP. Um, it's like a 28th DVP matchup people are going to see on DraftKings. So that gives him a 10% ownership boost. He's already projected for 33% by Stochastic. Like Burrow could be in 50% of lineups and it wouldn't shock me one bit. No, it does. And this is, I do think I could do a good job of like, uh, when I do go to build my DFS lineups, I will probably be really heavy on Chiefs and Niners, <laughs> just like trying to figure out what are the unique ways to attack this. But yeah, if I'm I'm making uh, my bets in the betting markets, uh, I do like the other sides, but they are probably going to be your best path to first place uh, in these tournaments. Yeah, I think it's just a little too obvious, but you know, let's let's talk about that part then with the Bengals side. Give me a ride or die pick for the Bengals and Jamar Chase. Worth pointing out, gonna be the chalk player of the week. Forty eight percent ownership for him, uh, according to Stochastic data, which of course you can get for yourself on their site, Stochastic.com with a K. And of course, go to 40, uh, 48% as well for Joe Mixon at running back. So gonna be highly owned for him as well. Uh, so just keeping that in mind here, Pete. What do you want for your ride or die pick from the Bengals? Yeah. Um. Let's see. I want to float something, but I think it's worth more than 10 points. And I just, how about this? Could I get a petition? Will you sign a petition for a one-off 15-pointer? But you need to hear it. I mean, I need to hear it, but you're down so much that I might just give it to you out of the kindness of my heart. All right, this is, this is my petition for a 15-pointer. Jamar Chase is not the highest-scoring Bengals wide receiver and... Joe Mixon is not the highest scoring Bengals running back. Oh, that, that's a tough two-way parlay. Um, it's possible, but I think that is tough enough. Yeah, I, I guess I'll give you a one-time 15-pointer. The Mixon one is really where it the odds swing. Because like obviously, like Hayden Hurst or Higgins could pop up for a bigger game, but for that to happen and uh P Ryan to outscore Mixon, I think is like a pretty, pretty thin parlay, but that's why I'm shooting for a 15-pointer. I think it's a fair one. Like there's a lot of ways where P Ryan can be there. Like it just takes a negative game script really for the Bengals, for him to be out there a little bit more. Uh, but I think that's a smart two way parlay. Even if I do agree with your take about chase and I will in fact go similarly with chase. I think chase is going to be overvalued. Talked about it last week and it's honestly completely wrong when I talked about it with Pete. So I'll just kind of cover that briefly here. I thought Jadavious white was going to be covering Jamar chase. Basically what they did was they moved chase into the slot. Chase has not run a lot of slot routes throughout the year. And then he was just carving them up from the backfield and from the slot, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I do think they're going to move him around again. That said, the Chiefs are weakest out wide, and I think that's been T. Higgins' strength on the year. Uh, 0.31 EPA when running out wide. Actually, 0.51, excuse me. So even better than I would have thought. Um, Higgins is the guy for me, Pete. So I will say Higgins outscores Chase by, looks like a five-and-a-half point swing. So Higgins outscores Chase by, let's say, five flat. Yeah, I mean, this is a good one. I mean, Higgins' target share is down. He's basically had a yeah. similar target share to Hayden Hurst and Tyler Boyd over this stretch. Um, I still think he has uh, the upside, obviously, uh, to do that. But yeah, I'll give you that one. The projection gap is getting pretty big these days. Yeah, it's weird. I, I like I like Higgins a lot. I kind of think Higgins needs his own team. Like, I don't know that I I don't want to break up the Bengals yet, but it feels like if they're going to do that with the contract squeeze that's coming up for them in the next few years, Higgins could be a one, like not even a one A. He could be a number one somewhere else. And it's kind of unfair that he's just like a luxury pick for them right now. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the, like heading into this season, like when you looked at their overall body of work, their advanced metrics, their target share, all of that, like he profiled better than CD Lamb. Like I, I do think if you put T Higgins in the Cowboys offense, he would be producing at a slightly better clip than Lamb. And that's, and that's saying something because Lamb has like finished this season strong. He's impressed me, especially that game against the Niners. But all to your point, I think Higgins is a true alpha. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to let him go. I mean, that was their whole thesis with this offense. It was like, we already have T Higgins. We're still going to go draft Jamar Chase. I mean, how can you look at their success these past few years and, and not want to keep that band together? I mean, you listen to the Bills coach press conference. He felt like it was an unfair advantage that they had tanked the one year that Burrow had the ACL tear and got more draft capital. And I think there are people that feel similar, like this is an advantage. I just think they can't pay all these guys. Like that's where the, the stuff gets yeah. up, especially the Bengals have been cheap kind of historically. Also, that quote was like so fucking whiny uh, yeah. from him, like not even remembering that in 2014, the Bills took Sammy Watkins fourth overall. 
you also have to hit on the early guy you're drafting too. I thought it was just like a little reductive on his part to be like, oh, you suck. And so you got this generational prospect when we have seen lots of those guys whiff at the top of the draft too. So uh, I thought that was like a pretty funny cop out there uh, by the Bills GM. Yeah, I would say too, the thing that stood out, which I know people made this point on social media, but just to make it again and close the loop on this one, um, they did trade for Diggs and they traded for the pick that became Justin Jefferson. So they could have had a cheaper cost-controlled receiver instead of paying Diggs the amount of money they've paid him. So like the route was there for them that way too. But I agree, just a little bit of sour grapes. You know, that said, like it is something to keep in mind in terms of when we're talking about fantasy and whatever, like when you have a QB who's good under that rookie window, like you got to remember, they're going to throw everything against the wall and obviously the offense, like that's their best shot to be good. So I think there's something informative in what he said, even though it was like very much sour grapes for a team that underachieved. Um, Chiefs though, Pete, you can pick a ride or die pick here. Where are you going to go? Given that you are now publicly established as a Bengals guy. Yeah, I know. Um, I feel like, man, do I want to do something with Nicole Hardman? You know what? Actually, I want to do something on like positive regression here with Jarek McKinnon. He obviously bombed last week, unless you were in a points per sick pass block league. Uh, I do think they have to get him going in this game, see more checkdowns, some more like creative stuff with him. Can I get a 10 pointer for Jarek McKinnon, highest scoring Chiefs non QB? So outscoring yeah. Kelsey, Juju, the whole nine. I mean, yeah, you can have that. I think uh, let's put that in, in stone right now. Let's etch it like Moses into some brick. But that said, you could have just said he beats Travis Kelsey, and that would have also been a 10-pointer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel pretty confident if he beats Travis Kelsey, he's probably uh, beating everyone else. But, um, you know, you gave me a 15-pointer, so I'll make this degree of difficulty a little harder. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's, that's an interesting take because I feel similarly. I think that one of Juju – MVS Tony, I know it's like a broad swap, but I feel like one of these guys will be the way that Kelsey doesn't get there this week, especially at underdog where Kelsey's just going and being treated like, oh, he's the number one overall pick. Like, there's a little bit of box score chasing here. Like, Kelsey's now the best performing playoff tight end ever. Like, I get all that stuff. That said, like, he's coming off a big game. I think that's the reason for the steam more than it is just him being historically great and all that stuff. So, I will actually take, and I'm not going to be a hero with this one, Pete. What if Juju outscores Travis Kelsey by one point? Is that enough to get me a 10-pointer? Um, yeah, by the projection gap, it is. I do think it's interesting with your take, your heavy Chiefs take. Like, if the Chiefs are blowing out the Bengals, like, I, I feel like Kelsey has to have a massive game. Like, I don't know how the Chiefs steamroll or win big without Kelsey. Go. It just seems so unlikely that they would be able to do it with all these other guys stepping up and Mahomes hobbled. I agree, but I think they can also just put up a lot of points across the board. So, like, let's say Kelsey still has a decent day, like, you know, uh, six for 90, but doesn't get into the end zone. And then you see, a, you know, a Pacheco touchdown or a McKinnon touchdown or hopefully a Juju touchdown. I think that's where it starts to get weird. Obviously, the red zone looks for Kelsey have been there. The end zone looks have been there for him all year. But I think there's still a path where he can have a good game, but she doesn't have the touchdowns. And then those go somewhere else. And that's how somebody else beats him. Yeah, no, I mean, it's certainly possible. It just seems like they, I mean, when the chips were down last week and even when Chad Henney came in the game, it was just like Travis Kelsey was totally the engine of their offense. I guess the other wrinkle is how much success do they have running with Pacheco? Because I do think if that's rolling for them, they will continue to go there to just try to keep, you know, Mahomes uh, as upright as possible. If Pacheco's having success, I think you will see a decent amount of him. Is Pacheco the luckiest player in the NFL this year? Just like <laughs> relative to talent, draft capital, all that comes in and he's treated like he's he's being treated like he's going to be treated like Bijan Robinson will be next year, where like he comes in and he's the Chiefs have dedicated to him. They've punted CEH. Like it blows my mind because there's nothing you look at Pacheco and you're like, this guy's good. Every stat for him is just like, bleh. He's like, he's like a different version, but similar concept of when like Fournette got cut by the Jags and landed on the Bucks in like the best possible situation. It's like, obviously, yeah, if you're the lead running back on the Chiefs, like you're going to have to be historically bad not to produce. And yes, I'm looking at you, CEH. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Pacheco is running extremely well. I mean, put Pacheco on what? I don't know, the the Texans or something like it's a disaster. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think he'd just be running into his teammates time and time again. But here he is at the Chiefs, and he, because he looks vaguely like Tyree Kill with the number and the dreads, they're like, yep, just put him out there, give him some steps, see what he can do. 
that's the way it goes. Um, so let's talk about next week real fast. Actually, let me pander real fast now that we've gotten through the ride or die picks. Guys, make sure, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit the like button. Leave a comment down below. We are on the quest for 2K subscribers now. We've done enough growth throughout the season where that is in sight as we build the best fall season. So hit that sub. Hit the like button. If you're watching after the fact, leave a comment as well. We appreciate that around here. We also renewed with uh, Underdog for another year. Pete, I'm sure you'll be delighted to know that was a real came down to the wire there. But Splash Play, officially Underdog affiliated for one more year. Is this you and Mackens going back, negotiating, yeah. hardball, counter offers? Yeah, you know, sitting leveling. in the boardroom, going, sliding a piece of paper across the table, and then him immediately tearing several zeros off of it. <laughs> yeah. Spag showing an offer from Monkey Knife Fight for leverage. <laughs> Oh, you don't, you don't want me to leave. You don't want these ones and ones <laughs> subscribers to hit the bricks. Um, so next week, I think we should also plan too. I think we do our 2023 prediction show next week because we got to fill that gap with no, there's not even a Pro Bowl game. There's no Pro Bowl DFS. So we got nothing. I know what that is. Uh, that's such a bummer. Pro Bowl DFS was, uh, was a fun time. With Cody Main last year, that was fantastic or whatever. It was a two year that I was last year. Um, we, we crushed like with just playing both yeah. defenses. Like I won so much money in that Pro Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, the defense was like, it was literally like one of those BuzzFeed articles. I was like, this one simple trick will help you win thousands playing Pro Bowl DFS. But it was actually just as simple as one simple trick. So let's pull up underdog. Let's do the prediction show next week. So we'll do that. Um, we'll cover all the things football related that we're going to see in 2023. I'm going to pull up underdogs. Let's give this a little bit of a, both me and Pete agreeing on it as well as your viewer's choice. So the traditional battle royale has filled. We now have this battle royale blitz, which um, I think we should talk about too. I think, Pete, that underdog should have gone for like a 100K prize pool, like battle royale format, like gone balls in on it. Because of all the people that are tilted about their playoff best ball teams, myself included, like I think people would have filled that one pretty easily. Instead, they're doing this weird four-man draft, now a three-man draft. I think there was a better way to do this and they didn't land on it would be my my one critique now that I've officially signed my deal. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just tough with only two games. Like I think the way you almost would have need to have made it. I think it would have been interesting if it was still six person drafts, but then you did six rounds, um, I think would have been, or, or just adding more rounds or sorry, uh, 12 rounds, uh, mm -hmm. something where you like went super, super deep. There was just something about the two game that just makes it really, really hard to make the drafts really engaging. Yeah, I agree. The, the issue though is like, even if you do one of these drafts, let's just do one. So we could honestly do this in the pickups. We got enough time here. I think, so we'll do both. Let's do a battle royale blitz on my account here. Um, I got my my nice little playoff best ball re up for all the seconds and third places I got <laughs> playoff best ball, Pete. I don't. Do you have any teams that are actually live? I know you tweeted a few joke ones yeah. that are similar to mine, where you have nobody left actually playing. But oh yeah, anything. that one I have one with no one. Yeah, I have some fun ones. It stinks because my take is that the Eagles are going to dominate, and for my teams to be live, I really need the Niners to win. Like all of my kind of like loaded teams where I have six or seven guys involve the Niners just because the Bengals and Niners were the two values relative to kind of like Eagles and Chiefs because those guys um, were also tough to get through with the buy. So um, yeah, I'm torn, but that's my hedge. Uh, a Bengals Niners Super Bowl will be uh, will be pretty good for me. Yeah, I, I hope that works out for you because that's actually one too. I got tagged in a collusion tweet by a by I think it was Sam E. Knoll is the guy who tweeted Dude, that that thread. I was just like, how are there so many stupid people out here? And, and I love the takeaway too. Is like, wait, if you draft early, you can build really good teams. Oh yeah, you were in that draft. That's the, the me draft and CSU Ram. That was one I complained to you about where I felt like he was sniping my Bills Cowboys. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no fucking yeah, shit. You can build good teams when you draft early. These people are really all right. We're on the clock here. So I do think one plus EV move is just to wait until the end for your QB and just take all skill position guys. But if you feel strongly about a QB here, who would you want to I, I think Hertz is definitely the the definitive one oh one. And then I okay. think the other really interesting wrinkle with these is there's the tight end squeeze, right? Um you let's see. Yeah, because there's what yeah, I, I would do Hertz for okay. sure. All right, let's just take Hertz. But I'm with you on the tight end squeeze, like certainly a big drop off there. And also the possibility that somebody could take two tight ends and make that a little bit weird, though that was harder in the battle royale format where you have four teams and they could basically take all the starting that's, tight ends. That's what I was mixing it up with. Yeah, the, the squeeze happened way more in the battle royale one. Yeah, I had a couple Noah Gray teams. I I, I know yeah. I drafted him on that stream with you and Davis where Davis is touting Noah Gray. That said, I think Noah Gray was a sharp play last week. Like I think that wasn't a bad one if Kelsey didn't explode in the way that he did. This is what sucks about it, though. Uh, or let's make our picks yeah. here. Um, where should we go here? So they, they both punted their QBs. Interesting. 
That's interesting. Uh, I mean, did if AJ Brown went, we should definitely get Devonta. Okay. Devonta um, and Goddard, or I do you want to go mix? Them? Honestly, probably do Devonta and a tight end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. I do think Goddard's uh, a, a strong play this week, so I don't mind reaching for him a little bit. The thing I was going to say about Noah Gray is like the Noah Gray play is way more attractive in like scenarios where Noah Gray isn't getting drafted by the field, but everyone who got shut out by the other tight ends was selecting Noah Gray as their de facto consolation prize. And so it sucks when you're like, when you're making a really thin play, you don't want it to be super popular. So it's almost like in that scenario, I'd rather take like another dust ball who has as similar of a chance to score like a fucking Jack Stoll or whatever. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, and honestly, Jody Fortson apparently might play this week. So he's yeah. a guy they actually have targeted in the end zone a good amount because of his size. And he's a guy can get up there. So definitely ways to get different. But uh, yeah, I think it's less of a concern in the three-man tournaments because you got to – not a lot of people are taking two tight ends here. All right. Uh, we're on the clock again. We do need a running back. We, we can go full full Eagles here if we wanted to take Miles Sanders. I think I would do like Sanders and Ayuk and just like go heavy on this game. Okay. All right, so we're done. We're now fading the... I honestly think that's a fair one because you're fading the higher total game. People are going to more obviously stack up more. So that works. Yeah. All right, our final... Let me see, like, here. what do the other teams look like? Let's see. I haven't got, done uh, one of these blitz ones. Got Mathology with Mixon, Chase, A.J. Brown, Kittle, and then he'll take whoever last. And then we have Mahomes, McCaffrey, Debo, Higgins, Kelsey. That's a that's a loaded yeah. team. Uh, hard yeah, to not so a loaded team in these rooms. <laughs> Well, that's why I feel like, I mean, everyone's going to have, like you said, a loaded team. And so it's, can you get like some of the combos that most people aren't going to want to do? I still think people in general don't love like onslaughting a single team when it's like, I could just get the best player from all four teams. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think, you know, it's going to be a little more live in terms of how people view it to do it with the AFC teams. Uh, do we want to take another Niner or do we want to just get one from KC? And Honestly, this would be one of those spots where I'd continue to lean into it and do like Gainwell or Quez. What about Eli? I'm fine with Eli if you play this game. Yeah, that's your boy. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's live. I just I'm worried about that boys calves. That's much I can tell you. All right, pick them. Let's do pick them now because you can see how fast it was. Playing underdog, use a promo code splash. Want to double your deposit on there? But um, you talk about a shitter game. That's like a shitter game if you've eaten a lot of wheat and fiber. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? What are we doing for? The, oh, it's not even going to let me select them now? Hold on. Do you Does want me to screen share? Yeah, maybe do it on yours. All right. Yeah, so it's, it's not letting me remove them now. Yeah, I was looking at my prop sheet earlier, and there definitely isn't, like, a ton of slam dunk uh, ones. Here, I'll, uh, I'll share. Yeah. All right. We're going to Pete's account now. And, and legal Massachusetts, PA, not willing to let me play pick because they know I just slaughter them. They know I'd crush it every time. Yeah, we got to figure out my uh, – I have my boost, my my Travis Kelsey boost here. Um, 78 and a half, man. God, I, I know – you, but you're on the fade, Kelsey, despite the Chiefs route thing. I think you'd still get there yardage-wise, but I think the touchdowns, like if you're expecting them to run good on touchdowns, at a certain point, you know, that's going to not happen. Yeah. I think the things, like, I was most interested in are, like, Eagles overs uh, type stuff. Uh, although man, Hertz's line has really creeped up. Like this opened at like two thirty or two forty. I wish I would have hit it harder. Um, Wait, oh, sorry, that's total yards. yards. Oh, that's total yards. Um, his passing yards. Okay, so his passing yards is up like fifteen. Um, yeah, I do kind of yeah. like the higher. That's not great lines, honestly. Um, man, what's does what's his rushing? Does he have rushing attempts? Yeah, uh, rushing, rushing attempts. Yeah. Um, so on the year he's at eleven. I would take the over. Or we the can higher, only pick me. one Hertz, though. Oh, okay. So we have to pick which one we think is the best here. Yeah. So you think he's going to be a pot? I think there's some concern that Hertz just dies in this spot. Like, this is a really good defense, and Hertz does have some flaws. Like, people forget that, but Hertz does have some flaws. Well, sure. But I think one thing about the Eagles is they've been very game plan specific with how they yeah. attack teams. And, like, you don't beat the Niners, like, running it up the gut. And I think they're going to let hurts drop back attack them through the air i think you're going to see lots of like deep shots to to aj brown and devonta smith so i do think like unless the eagles get trucked here i'm pretty sure that they're going to be throwing a ton okay i think that's and even if they're getting trucked you have to assume that hurts is still going to be out there trying to play him back into it so all right yeah I that one. um 
who else who else I'm, stands out as worth a prop? I feel like this is the hard part with the uh the the building a ticket here on underdog is that you have so many options for the guys and you end up taking the top guys every day. Well, I do think if we're playing Hertz over passing yards, we should correlate it with at least one of these pass catcher overs. I would take the Goddard over receptions. I kind of like, like you want to do yards. I kind of right? like the over on his yards more than receptions. Okay. I, Cause I could see him getting a lot of short passes and getting tackled right away. So that's where I, I have some concern about the receiving yardage, but I think he'll get their PPR points wise. But I think, you know, if you're, if you're taking a yardage bet, it does make more sense to take receiving yards with it. Or we could, or we could split the difference and do the fantasy points and then allow a touchdown to be another out to get. Yeah, there. that works. I think that works. So, because let's see, so if he did his, if he did his line, let's say he got five receptions for, uh, 45 yards, that would be what two and a half, let's say for 50 yards. So that'd be seven and a yeah. half. So he would come up just short, but the, the touchdown gives you a lot of extra outs there. Yeah, I agree. I, I like having the fantasy um, points in the mix for this too. I think that's a nice wrinkle to have in the, the underdog pickums. Let's see here. Let's get a couple from, is there anything you want to do with Niners? With Niners, uh, what's what are the Mitchell ones? The Mitchell, where's Mitchell? Do they not have Mitchell up? The disrespect, no the Eli Mitchell underdog disrespect narrative, fully in play. Dude, I kind of want to blast off on Robbie Gold over one and a half field goals. This guy's a fucking machine, dude. So San Francisco, yeah, I think they kick field goals at a good rate. Eagles give up field goals at a, at least a league average rate. I can live with that. All right, I mean, just live a little, toss Robbie Gold into your slip, guys. I, I still like the Burrow completions as one of my favorite props because I think they have it here. Uh, they have him at 25 and a half. And on the year, at least yesterday, what the line was, he's completing 25.9 a game. Like, how is he going to complete less than his average in a game where you have to score no matter what the outcome is? Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, all right, they are, they, they're capping us here at five. My boost uh, caps at 20, but I can get a 30x here. Okay. So the final card we are using, did we, are we on, are we sure we like this Kelsey 78 and a half under? I think I do. I mean, you got to take it for the boost one way or another. Um, right. I think people will play more high. Obviously it doesn't matter in this format, but like people will have probably juice that up a little bit. So I think you're safer taking the lower just because the 78 and a half is going to reflect the market loving Kelsey. Yeah. I'm just checking around here. Paulson at four for four has him at 66.9 yards. So definitely leaning under there. Let me see what, uh, Cardi has him at specifically. Um, Travis Kelsey, he has at 75. So still shaded toward the under here too. I, I think the under is the sharp play. Yeah, I would agree. Relative to a prop bet, yes, for fantasy, you're trying to play the opposite outcome. But if Kelsey's going to be chalk, then, you know, worth noting what Pete just did there, where a lot of the projections, a lot of the lines out there are going to be on the lower side. Okay. All it's right, done. Here okay. it is. Very easy uh, to do that. If, play higher or lower. If, if we win, you know, uh, if I turn this 20 into 600, we'll have a pizza party for all the Splash Play viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, we need to have a real pizza party again where we get incredibly baked and eat a pizza. But unfortunately, at 10 a.m. on a Friday, that might be difficult. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure it out. Uh, you know, now that I, you know, might have to start paying for childcare, I might have to start doing more splash play shows. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. All right. So we got everything in now. It's 1035. I guess we just do we have anything else we could bet? Do we have? <laughs> What do we, have? we could we could build a we could either build a showdown lineup or a, a DraftKings lineup. Oh, let's do that. Let's do that. Do we want to try a low ball lineup? <laughs> I feel like low ball at a two game slate is like a very sad exercise. All right, I got the DraftKings up on the screen. Let's do this. All right, so let's start. We're, actually, let's go pick by pick. I'll let you get the first pick here. Um, we'll, if the chat wants to get a pick in too, let's do it that way. So Pete will go first. I'll go second. Chat will go third. Yes. Um. All right. This is where I'm. I'm torn because I need to start separating my, my hand in the dirt, how I think this game is going to go takes with what's our best path to winning a milli here. Um, and looking at the quarterback ownerships, um, I guess that here's the real thing for me. Like now that things are trending more positive to Mahomes, do you think his ownership is closer to Hertz and Burrow now where it's kind of like a wash or do you think there's enough of a gap that you're getting a little bit of leverage using Mahomes? 
I still think you're getting leverage using Mahomes. I think people who are playing the slate, again, the casual players who talk about a lot, it's not in a disparaging way. It's just trying to account for that part of the market. They are going to see here, like you look at the screen, Pete, fifth DVP, seventh DVP, third DVP, 28th DVP. They're going to go to Burrow. And I think you can combine the ankle too with Mahomes. Like, let's look at the news alert. Um, a lot of another full practice session, so that's a positive. But I think people still won't care enough that to go Mahomes' way. So if you want to start with Mahomes, I fully support it. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with Mahomes here. I think he's probably the the best like ceiling ownership adjusted play. All right, and now let's go. So I'm actually going to do a nice thing here and save some money and not make it a thing where uh, everybody else will be struggling to get their players in the chat, especially. So chat, get your picks into the chat now. I'm going to pick Kadarius Tony. I think they have forced okay. him the ball a lot. I think if Hardman doesn't play, he does become a better play. If Hardman does play, there's still a good shot. Tony gets fed touches. And honestly, Juju's role scares me. I'm still going to play him in DFS. But he's losing snaps week to week. Tony's getting snaps and getting fed the ball intentionally. Um, so I think Tony's a pretty good play at 3,700. Yeah, I'm down with Tony. Uh, don't worry, chat. We're going we're gonna to keep loading up on the Chiefs. I do think... Uh, on the slate in these two gamers with a chief's heavy build. I think we need to have one of the running backs. What I'm tripped up by is I would have thought that McKinnon would be closer to Pacheco, but I'm seeing McKinnon's ownership up here, not too far off CMC and Mixon. And so I thought if mix or McKinnon was contrarian, I'd be happy to jam him. But if Pacheco is going to be what 20 less percent ownership, I, I think I want to toss Pacheco in here. So Pacheco, the chat, it's the chat's pick though. So the chat wants- Oh, it's Boyd. the chat's, well, it's their pick. I'm still going to do a Chiefs running back when it's back to me. <laughs> okay, so uh, do we think they're agreeing on Boyd? I see, I see two votes for Boyd. I feel like that's the official consensus then. I see I see a Hurst as well, chat. It sounds like you guys are narrowing in on a Bengals pass catcher. You guys need to make a consensus. Will is tossing out Chase. Uh, get final votes in here. Boyd, Hurst, Chase. Yeah, I'll put right in now, your Pacheco Boyd. in the meantime because we know that'll yeah. be your pick anyway. All right. I also All right, there's a third Boyd. It's locked. Boyd. Right, Boyd is in. Boyd is in. Dunchable Connoisseur putting us over the top. Oh, one of our tribal Boyd's. leaders Holy here in the cat. chat. Oh, there we go. Now everybody's going. Splash Boyd. play consensus on Tyler Boyd. Did not expect that. Tyler Boyd, a man who's been very quiet lately and also kind of losing some uh, some snaps. I think that's interesting. Um, Pacheco unlikely to catch a TD negative correlation. So here's one thing I was thinking about with the ankle injury, because we talked a little bit you know, in the past about, or, you know, in general, every fantasy show does like mobile QBs do uh, avoid checkdowns more. If Holmes is limited, he's going to check down whoever's there in the backfield and it won't be on design pass plays. So I think it could be Pacheco getting more of a boost there, but I don't mind the negative correlation, Pete. I feel like overall, that's one thing I've been trying to beat out of my brain is that it doesn't matter if they don't catch passes as much, as long as the ball's moving downfield and he can punch them in. Yeah, and if anything, a two-game slate's more analogous to a showdown slate where you're mm -hmm. actually trying to break the normal correlation rules to get unique pairings. Like, being unique is way more important than, like, the correlation, which comes into play on larger slates. So playing two running backs from the same team, using, you know, your defense against your quarterback, those kind of typical no-nos on larger slates are actually probably optimal in shorter slates. I would agree. So at tight end, I think at this point, we can honestly probably get less chalky. Uh, that said, I'm still going to take a tight end. That I think is upside. Who's going to be lower own. I'm going to put in Kittle here at tight end. I think he's not going to be played very much. I have some concerns about him being into block a little bit more, but he's takes up some salary. And I think is a way to get off the beaten path of Hurst, Goddard, Kelsey. Like I just think Kittle's not gonna get played enough. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I definitely like Kittle. Uh, and you're probably going to not see him stacked a ton either just with Brock Purdy's ownership so low. I will, um, I need to keep loading up on Chiefs here. Let's um, let's go ahead and toss Hardman into this. Um, obviously, we can uh, do a global late swap if we need to. Uh, if he doesn't play, you can. we'll have the extra 100. You could pivot him to MVS uh, if you wanted. But yeah, let's go Hardman for now. All right, chat, uh, you guys need to make a pick, I think, and eat up some salaries. <laughs> Your options are Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I definitely agree with the chat. I mean, I don't want to, you know, the chat, I want you guys to be able to have fun with your picks. Uh, you know, it's a little boring to have to burn it on the defense. Uh, I know we're we're hogging all the other flex spots. But, yes, I do think this lineup is begging for uh, Eagles or Niners defense. Yeah, this lineup is getting ugly. It's getting ugly in a good way because you guys got to play something different from everybody else. Will is saying CMC. Will is being the smart guy here. For as many questions I may have about CMC, when you have 
$20,900 left and three slots left, including defense. I think you just play CMC. And my thought, I know it's not my pick, but my thought now on the direction of this lineup and the story we're telling is uh, we're basically playing kind of the two kind of non-popular sides of these games. And I think we play it as a San Francisco route and we play the Niners D as well. Okay, Niners D for 3,000. So we have 9,900 left, leaving a lot of salary on the table. But if we are treating this like a showdown, I think this can get there and you can make the case for it. Um, feels I, th- I think you put Kelsey in this. Like we're already so invested mm-hmm. in the in the Chiefs here that I think onslaughting. I talked to Justin Freeman about short late strategy last week. He talked about really liking like five twos, five players from one game uh, in his two game slate lineup. So I, I think onslaughting the Chiefs is perfectly viable. I mean, yeah, there are definitely not a lot of Chiefs onslaughts coming up in an optimizer. So we've got Mahomes, Pacheco, McCaffrey, Tony, Boyd, Hardman, Kittle, Kelsey, Niners. Was there anybody you'd want to upgrade here? No, not necessarily because like what? If you, and this is where it comes into play like, oh, you're leaving so much salary. Like if you're going up from Hardman to say Juju, right? Like you could make that upgrade. Like what are you, when you look at the projection difference from Hardman to Juju, is it actually worth like the ownership, you know, swing that you're getting where Juju's projected to be 30% owned. To me, the spread in their point projection and their ownership isn't warranted. So I'd rather just be like unique. We're trying to win fucking first place for a milli here. And there are going to be dupes on this slate. Right now, Hardman does not have a projection from Stochastic, so I can't attest. But um, you're, you're losing a lot of routes run if you don't go Hardman. But I think trying to get unique... It does feel like Hardman, you're leaving a lot of salary on the table and he's got the touchdown equity potentially. And to be clear, like if I build a spy lineup for this week, I would not uh, run out this lineup. But for the Millie, I think this is like the exact kind of lineup you should probably be running out. Oh my God. Do I actually want to put, I'm not going to use my full bankroll this week. So let's put it in the Millie. (laughs) I mean, uh, I'll I'll Venmo you $10 bags. All right. I I accept. We are in the Millie with that lineup here. And when it wins, Pete and I will split it. And all of you guys will get to watch Splash Play episodes where we talk about how we won that money. I know it's a good lineup when the chat thinks it's gross. That's that's uh, the the indicator. Yeah, it's going to be annoying, though, when it's like, oh, I should have swapped to Juju. Juju went off for 30. <laughs> you do love Juju. I can tell. I do love Juju. A proud USC man. All right, let's get the plugs in now. Pete, of course, we're going to hit SiriusXM in a little bit. I've got Stochastic coming up tomorrow, uh, doing a show with Neil Orfield at 12 p.m., so check that out here. Nothing for me on Sunday, uh, but follow me at Chris Spags. Follow Pete at Peter Overzet. And Pete, what's your so- show schedule today? You're doing an afternoon show too? Yeah, uh, going to hop on with Lord Reeves, a.k.a. Rich Rebar. Haven't got to do a show with him in a while. Always has uh, really good high-level takes on these games and matchups. We'll talk through it from both a hand-in-the-dirt perspective as well as from a DFS perspective. So that'll be, I believe I have that scheduled for 2.30 p.m. Eastern today on my channel. There you go. So Lord Reeves, one of the sharpest guys out there. I, I will certainly be watching that this afternoon while probably just playing some video games, hanging out. We got the nanny over today. <laughs> Still five. So yeah, that's the dream. Uh, either way, guys, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Again, March to 2000 subs begins now. So please subscribe down below. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. And Pete and I will be back next Friday with the prediction show. So wish you guys the best of luck this weekend, really and truly. If we don't win this weekend, we hope you guys do. We'll see you guys again soon. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck.